0: continuing on with our Bible studies, looking at end times through a biblical perspective and building our biblical grid through which we can uh, study and look at a lot of the news events and conspiracy theories around the world. So today what we're going to be looking at is we, we've come to the middle of the tribulation period, the great the tribulation, and now we're starting on the great tribulation. So we're going to spend a substantial amount of time studying uh, this column in your grid in uh, it's, and at slide number one, the yellow column, titled "The Abomination of Desolation." And what we'll do is today I'll start with an introduction, and then the next in this session I'll start with an introduction, and the next session we'll start to go down looking at the various chapters and what they say about this event taking place. Besides the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, I would and the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, I would say that this is the most significant event in modern history as relates to mankind. This is the event that is the start of the Great Tribulation. This is the event that is going to kick off God's timepiece. And so the title of my message today is The Abomination of Desolation and Introduction. An Introduction to the Abomination of Desolation, looking for trigger points that lead to the start of the Great Tribulation and the restarting of God's timepiece clock, counting down to the return of Jesus. In this introduction, what I'd like to look at are three things. The uh, the first thing is the spirit behind anti-Semitism. The second thing I'd like to look at is the spirit of Antichrist. And then very briefly give you two slides which have table graphs in it comparing um, the Antichrist with Jesus Christ. I feel this is pretty important um, because what we're going to be starting to do now is to build up a character base, a character study on the abomination of desolation. Who is this? What is this? Uh, What is it going to do? Who is it going to affect? How is it going to affect us? And it's going to have a profound effect on us at this particular point in time. Now, as you know, I don't accept the pre-tribulation rapture. So now we're coming into this area where you've got the mid-tribulation rapture. Theorists believe that we, people are going to go. And then a little bit after that, you've got the pre-wrath uh, tribulation uh, rapture taking place. And then obviously my post. So from my perspective, I'm hoping that the mid are right. If they're not right, I'm hoping the pre roth are right, but uh, we'll look at the rapture aspect at a later stage, not right now. I just want to build a grid for you so that you understand what is going to be taking place and who the character, characters are going to be at the beginning of this period of history, the darkest period of history of all time that man has gone through. Uh, Let's look at the spirit behind anti-semitism. I get my research from Derek Prince. So Derek Prince says, anti-semitism can be summed up in one word, Messiah. I fully and completely and wholeheartedly agree with him. Anti-semitism has one root, Satan. Now, you know, I love my conspiracies. And um, I'm going to be doing a whole series on conspiracies at at a later stage. And one of the things I believe about conspiracies is that there is only one conspiracy, but it has many, many different forms. The root of the conspiracy is Satan. And the motive of that one root is Satan wants to be God. If you understand that, then you can basically begin to understand the various different types of conspiracies, why they are there, what they look like, what they're trying to achieve, what its purpose is. The spirit, the angel, behind anti-Semitism is the devil. Now, what motivated this? What, What motivates this? Well, it goes back to the seed war. It goes back to Genesis chapter 3. It goes back to Genesis chapter 6. Satan wants to take the place of God. God came along and said, I'm going to create a people and through this people, the seed is going to come that's going to destroy you. And in essence, he he then is trying to destroy the seed. And that is the root of anti-Semitism from my perspective. God said he was going to prepare a people a special people and through this people there's one distinctive feature of this people through this people god himself was going to come to planet earth and accomplish specific purposes to fulfill the justice of god the father and that is why the messiah came and that is why jesus came the supreme example of obedience to earthly parents, the supreme example of obedience to his heavenly father, and he was not affected by any form of sin whatsoever. So the nation of Israel, molded by God through the centuries, fulfilled this purpose in the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Fast forward to 1946, and we have the birth of Israel. The Jews, after thousands of of years, now had a political presence, a kingdom, back in the land of Israel. The Jews were back in the land of Israel. Fast forward to 1968. The Jews now reclaimed Jerusalem as their capital city. Fast forward to today. Satan is now on edge, because two things that are necessary for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, two among many things, but two very, very crucial things necessary for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is one, for the Jews to be back in the land of Israel, and two, for the Jews to be in control of Jerusalem. This now sets the stage for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan, through the ages, has tried to do two things. Through idolatry, he's tried to entice them away from God. And through violence, he's tried to destroy them as a nation and wipe them off the face of the earth. And he has done this throughout history. You can read this in Kings. You can read this in Chronicles. You can read the cyclic history of the nation of Israel. As they go into idolatry and get judged, and they go into idolatry and get judged. And history is full of these examples. For example, two of the big attempts of Satan to destroy the nation of Israel physically was through Pharaoh in Egypt when he gave the decree to murder all the male-born children. And we get the story of Moses coming through there. That would have terminated the existence of them as a nation. And the woman would have just been absorbed into the Egyptian society the second one came in the Persian Empire where Haman tricked the Emperor to issue a decree to kill all the Jews that were in the Persian Empire and obviously we get the story of Esther coming from that uh, event in history second century BC Antiochus Epiphana uh, general of the uh, of, of Alexander who began to rule the Syrian empire at the death of Alexander. We've read his story. We've looked at his story a little bit in the introduction with the Maccabees through force of arms and through seduction and through the compromise of a lot of Jews within society. um, He tried to bring in the idolatrous culture of the Jews into the, the, the Jewish culture, and even sacrificed a, 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 an abomination, desolation, on the altar in the temple. And we, we, we've spoken about this in the previous series in the introduction concerning the Maccabees and what they had to face, and, and, and looked at Daniel, a little bit about Daniel. Through the Maccabees, they sort of resisted him, And then a century and a half later, through the Jewish nation, Jesus was born as the Messiah and came for the first time. Now, at that particular point, through his obedience and through his sacrificial death on the cross, Jesus fulfilled every purpose for which he came. And as a representative of the nation of Israel and as a representative of all the called out believers from all the nations, he then satisfied the requirements of God's justice on our behalf and so cancelled every claim of Satan against mankind completely. And so at his first coming, he handed to Satan a complete, irrevocable, eternal defeat. So the seed of the woman crushed the seed of Satan in the first coming it was all consuming it was complete the one thing that has not taken place yet is that jesus hasn't consummated the fulfillments of that victory it's it, he, he will do that when he comes again for example the the simple example that i have illustration that i have is when a rugby team wins the championship and the last try is scored and the last whistle is blown. That's the first coming. They have won. What they haven't done is actually gone up on the podium to get the trophy. That's the second coming. Now, Satan knows that there is nothing stopping Jesus from coming again. And so he is going to try and do everything within his power to wipe out the two things that Jesus is going to come back for. And that is for the Jews and their restoration. And that is for the church. And so Satan pays more attention to biblical prophecy than probably most pastors in the pulpit today. He is completely aware of this. He is the God of this age. Everything he does, every spirit that works for him, every Illuminatist and Satanist that works for him that's in the know, every Illuminatist, Satanist, and ordinary person that is unsaved, that is not in the know, every single one of them now is, as as far as I'm concerned, focused and purposed and pointed in one direction, and that is to prevent jesus from coming to prevent the requirements of the second coming to be fulfilled so he fears the return of jesus more than anything else because he knows that when jesus comes back his ultimate plan of universal domination and godhood will be completely and forever destroyed it was destroyed on the cross of calvary but now it's going to be implemented. And so he is going to do everything he can to extend and continue the age of the Gentiles. He does not want Jesus to return. And so he's going to oppose this by any and every means possible. And anti-Semitism is one of those means. Coming against the, the, the Jewish nation, but the church needs needs to be very, very aware as well that behind this anti-Semitism, as I said earlier, according to Derek Prince, is anti-Messiah. And he's going to be against you as well. And he's going to come against you as well. So that for me is the conspiracy behind all conspiracies. Every other conspiracy is there to coerce people into satanic plan. It's to divert people from Uh, The God's plan, it's to confuse people, to to wrap people around different things that they're running around like sheeple, ready to be slaughtered. And behind it all sits Satan, and he wants to prevent Jesus from returning. Now, when Jesus was on the earth, he said that, that, among other things, there were two specific things That needed to take place before he returned. And the first one was the preaching of the gospel to all the nations. In Matthew chapter 24 verse 14 in our And this gospel of the king will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. In Mark 16 15 he said to them go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And finally, our commission in Matthew 28, verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. This order has never been canceled. This order is still in force. Now, you know my, my definition of the church. The church is a group of people who are born again, accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who are gathered together locally to fulfill God's eternal plan by preaching the kingdom of God throughout the whole world. The order of the church, the standing order of the church, is to preach the gospel of the kingdom, and then the end is going to come. So, to prevent this from happening, Satan is doing everything in his power to stop the church from preaching the gospel. And he does this through out-and-out persecution. He does this through infiltration. He does this through coercion. He does this through uh, temptation at every means possible. For example, remember I spoke to you about Sang Mang Moon. Uh, I I think I did. Reverend Sang Mang Moon uh, paid a lot of money to the Evangelical University of Jerry Falwell. And I'll talk to you later about Sungmong Moon uh, just a little bit very briefly but that is a compromising that's taking money from a declared antichrist and he will do everything in his power to try and stop the church from fulfilling its standing order. The second thing that the devil will try to do try and do is to prevent the Jews from gathering and settling in the land of israel matthew 28 38 to 39 niv look your house is left to you desolate for i tell you you will not see me again until you say blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord all right what i want you to notice is jesus is talking to his disciples and he's gonna and and he's saying you're not going to see me until you say these words, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now let's look at Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10. The way in which the Lord is going to prepare the hearts of his people is now predicted in this passage of scripture. And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me The one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child, and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn son. Now notice that the Lord Himself is speaking in the first person, and yet he says, Me, the one they have pierced. They will look on me, the one they have pierced. So what I see taking place here is that the Holy Spirit is going to be moving upon the nation of Israel. Specifically during this period of time, remember the age of the Gentiles is now over and Jesus is now, the, the father is now refocusing his attention on the nation of Israel and preparing them to come back to him. The description here is the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. When I read that, I read that the Jews, the house of David, have to be there, the inhabitants people that are living in Jerusalem are going to look and recognize and see the one they pierce. The the, the restoration of the Jews has to take place in the land of Israel with the Jews being in the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem, in essence, is where it's going to be centered in on. And until that takes place... The final consummation and implementation of the judgment against Satan will not begin. It will not take place. He knows this. And so he is doing everything he can to prevent this from happening. So just as Jesus came the first time through the Jews, he's going to come back the second time to the Jews. Now, in light of this, you can now begin to understand the spirit behind anti-Semitism. You can begin to understand this illogical hatred and distaste for the nation of Israel and for the Jews. You look at you you look at the world, and you look at the nations of the world represented by the socialistic humanistic united nations and the powerful governments and all those worlds of the world and you can see why there is a constant pressure politically from the united nations to to beat israel into non-existence and then you can see the violent rhetoric from the arab nations surrounding israel about wanting to destroy them and anyone who thinks that there's going to be peace between Israel and the rest of the world, think again because one word completely explains anti-Semitism and that's Messiah. And there is a hatred for Messiah. There is a hatred for Jesus in the world and it's getting more and more vocal. It's becoming more and more out there. And to prevent Messiah from coming The devil has to stop the gospel from being preached. So there's a complete infiltration of the church taking place, persecution, infiltration, corruption of the church taking place right now. And secondly, the devil has to get the Jews out of the land of Israel, out of Jerusalem. Joel chapter 3 verse 1 to 2. In those days and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judea and Jerusalem, I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will put them on trial for what they did to my inheritance, my people Israel, because they scattered my people among the nations and divided up my land. We've spoken about dividing up the land and what, that, what, what, what takes place. Um, but this whole period of time we're going into now, three and a half years, the Great Tribulation, is the complete outpouring of the wrath of God on the nations, on the people, on the devil, on his angels, on all organizations of the devil, on the Babylonian system of religion and finances. And it's all going to culminate in the Valley of Megiddo, the Battle of Armageddon, and the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the implications of that revelation in Joel chapter 3 are really far-reaching and very, very frightening. So as we go into the study of the abomination of desolation, we're going to begin to see what happens in this last three and a half years prior to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the, that's the uh, spirit of anti-Semitism. That's what's behind anti-Semitism. Now, the second thing I want to look at as the spirit of Antichrist. Again, I get my material from Derek Prince. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18-23, to 23, the Amplified Version. Children, it is the last hour, the end of this age, and just as you heard that the Antichrist is coming, the one who will oppose Christ and attempt to replace him, even now many Antichrist's false teachers have appeared, which confirms our belief that it is the last hour. They went out from us, seeming to be first Christians, but they, went, they were not really of us because they were not truly born again and spiritually transformed. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out teaching false doctrines so that it would be clearly shown that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have been set, set apart, specifically gifted and prepared by the Holy Spirit. And all of you know the truth because he teaches us, illuminates our minds and guards us from error. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. And because no lie, nothing false, no deception is of the truth. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed? This is the Antichrist, the enemy, the antagonist of Christ. The one who denies and consistently refuses to acknowledge the Father and the Son, who denies and repudiates the Son, does not even have the Father. The one who confesses and acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Now, the working of the spirit of Antichrist is intensifying dramatically, Uh, in the world and also specifically in the church and it's going to intensify even more as we get closer to the beginning of the seven years and then during the first three and a half years which is the rise to power of the antichrist where the false prophet comes to the fore and really promotes this the intensity of the of the the work of the spirit is 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 going to intensify to the point where most of the world are going to turn around and receive his mark and bow down and worship Satan, become Satan worshippers. Now, let's look at the term Antichrist. The word for Christ, the English word for Christ, comes from the Greek word Christos. It, the, the word for Messiah comes from the Hebrew word Mashiach. Both these words, Christ and Messiah, are the same words. Now, when we say Antichrist, we mean anti-Messiah. Now, the word anti is a Greek preposition. There are two meanings for this Greek word. Now, whenever we apply this word to the person that the devil is going to put up to rule the planet, the Antichrist... Both of these meanings actually apply, and and, and this is something you need to really think about and meditate on. It's something you need to study, and it's something that you need to appropriate, because this will help you to recognize the spirit of Antichrist through its various camouflages, and you will be able to recognize the Antichrist through his camouflage when he comes. The first meaning of anti, it means against. The first job of the false messiah, the antichrist, the anti-messiah, is that he is going to come and he is going to be against everything that Jesus is for. The second meaning for the word anti is in place of. Now this is where the camouflage comes in and this is what you need to be able to learn to apply the messiah is going to come in place of he's going to come and try and replace the true messiah so the ultimate purpose of the false messiah is he's going to come along and he's going to stand up and he's going to say i am actually the messiah and try and fool people into believing that he is actually jesus christ so the total operation that you're going to see is in two phases when you begin to recognize this, you will then be able to begin to recognize the work of the spirit of Antichrist today as it grows, as it grows within the church, because it's going to become extremely active throughout the whole professing church. Go and study the Deception in the Church podcast series, which are free also to download, um, or, and you can get that through our webpage. Now, I want to build a portfolio. I want to start to build a portfolio of the abomination of desolation, the Antichrist, as we go down that yellow column. And what I'm going to do is, I'm going to give you three points here uh, in, in terms of building the portfolio. We're going to look at the forms, we're going to look at the characteristics, and we're going to look at the titles. Now, in 1 John chapter 2, we see three forms of the Antichrist. So if you're going to go and study, study that and see it. The first form of the Antichrist is that there are many, many Antichrists. As I mentioned earlier, a Antichrist, an Antichrist, is Reverend Sung Mang Moon. The Moonies come from him. And he is a very, very wealthy Korean so-called pastor and leading a cult of the Moonies. Uh, Interesting, he... He, he's come along and said that he's coming to finish the work Jesus did not finish. And his first wife, according to him, before she died, was the Holy Spirit. Now, it's interesting that um, you, can, you can read about my political views in my free book that you can download, um, How to Find a Discipleship Environment, where I state that um, there's not much difference in the world between right-wing and left-wing in terms of their root, their root is the same. It's Satan, remember, anti-anti-anti-Semitism, the spirit behind anti-Semitism, the spirit behind everything, the spirit behind conspiracies. What the ultimate conspiracy actually is is to put Satan into the throne of the God of the heavens. So, it's interesting that Moon, the Moon, gave a tremendous amount of money to evangelical Christians. And there are a lot of evangelical Christians and a lot of right-wing Christian political organizations that have been the beneficiary of this guy's money. For example, uh, Jerry Falwell's university, I think, was bailed out of their financial debt when they accepted the moon's money and embraced him as, as a hero of the faith. And here's a man that is a pure antichrist because he's come to replace Christ. And is against everything that Christ works for. So the first form is there are many, many of these antichrists out there. Secondly, there is the antichrist. All right, One specific person. There's going to be one character to which all the characters from Nimrod all the way down to Hitler, Stalin, all of them down have been pointing towards. And there's one that is going to be the worst of them all. The supreme one the one that everything has been geared to designing and whatever whatever form he takes i believe he will be human i mean here we go into conspiracies now he could probably possibly be a hybrid um possibly in in terms of the satanic bloodlines coming from them uh but it's going to be one specific person the final manifestation the final product of the spirit of Antichrist. And he's not been, re- not been revealed. I believe he's on the scene. I believe he's involved in the scene. But he's not been revealed for who he actually is at this point in time. And at the end of the age, one final supremely evil, supremely powerful ruler is going to dominate most of the human race for a brief period of three and a half years. And that person is going to be the Antichrist. The third form that we see in this passage of Scripture is the spirit of Antichrist. And that is the spirit that operates through and manifests itself through everything that is Antichrist and all the Antichrists. Number two, characteristics of the Antichrist. I've got four here. The first characteristic of the spirit of Antichrist is that the spirit of Antichrist is always, firstly, in association with God's people. Um, don't look too hard for the manifestation of the spirit of Antichrist in the world. The world already belongs to the devil. The people of the world, the devil's their father. They're already dominated and under his control. So the spirit of Antichrist will always be at work around God's people. 1 John chapter 2, verse 19, Amplifying. They went out from us, Seeming at first to be Christians, but they were not really of us because they were not truly born again and spiritually transformed. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out teaching false doctrine so that it would be clearly shown that none of them are for us. Very interesting that there's been another um, pilgrimage of charismatic leaders, specifically Mike Bickle and IHOP and the Kansas City prophets type people have been making a pilgrimage to visit Pope Francis. And it's interesting that, uh, according to Mike Bickle, he asked the Pope if he believed in Jesus Christ, and the Pope said yes. Which is interesting in light of some of the statements that this current Pope is actually saying. So you can see a movement of the spirit of Antichrist gathering these people together uh, to form the, beasts, the the second beast's organization, which will be to promote and begin the world wo- worldwide worship of the Antichrist. Remember, politically, the, the polit- politicians and the United Nations can only do so much in gathering the world together, politically, financially. It's going to take religion to bind them together. And so you can actually see the spirit of Antichrist at work within the church as it starts to draw people away to associate with people that are Antichrists and Antichrist and that are motivated by the Antichrist spirit. So um, the Antichrist will always be in some way associated with the people of God. It doesn't really belong there, and that's why you'll find this real conflict between the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of Jezebel, uh, against the, the the real true prophets in the church. And um, that, that is one of the marks of the Antichrist. Its first association is with God's people. So when you're looking at the spirit of Antichrist, you're looking at people that are coming in the cloaks of the clergy. Number two. It denies Jesus is the Messiah. Again, I refer you to the Deception in the Church series, specifically where I talk about the um, the Gnostic Jesus and Gnosticism. Um, When people talk about Jesus today, for example, the Pope, for example, a lot of the preachers that are promoting all kinds of illicit sin uh, immorality, homosexuality, the um, marriage issue, when you're starting to see people starting to promote all of that and they're still talking about Jesus as their Lord and Savior, dig a little bit deeper and find out, is this actually Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the second person of the Trinity, or is Jesus, or is this Jesus the agnostic Jesus of the New Age? So the second characteristic of the spirit of Antichrist is it denies that Jesus is the Messiah. 1 John chapter 2, verse 22. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed? This is the Antichrist, the enemy and antagonistic, antagonist of Christ. And one who denies and consistently refuses to acknowledge the Father and the Son. Very important, very important. The third characteristic is that the spirit of Antichrist denies the relationship between the father and the son. This is important. A clear example of this is Islam. In the Quran, it states that, the, the, that God has no sons. That is a clear Antichrist spirit at work there. Uh, antichrist does not deny the Antichrist spirit and the Antichrist will not deny the existence of God. In fact, they claim to represent God. Their God is obviously Satan. Now, what they do is they deny the relationship between Father God and Jesus Christ the Son within the Godhead. The fourth characteristic, the fourth mark of the work of the Spirit of Antichrist is it denies that Jesus has already come. It denies the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It probably, it believes that Jesus is going to come. It believes that the Messiah is going to come. Not Jesus, but the Messiah, the Christ is going to come. But it denies that the Messiah, the Christ, has already come. Why is that? Well, because it wants to replace the Messiah. 1 John chapter 4, 2 to 3. This is how you recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. All right. So that's the forms, three forms of Antichrist. That's the characteristics and there now we're going to look at the titles Two thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3 let no one in any way deceive or entrap you for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first that is the great rebellion the abandonment of faith by professed christians and the man of lawlessness is revealed the son of destruction the antichrist the one who is destined to be destroyed Two things that we're going to be seen as the as the saints, the church, is we're going to see and witness the apostasy, and we're going to see and recognize the man of lawlessness assume the throne of the world, and begin ruling the world. Um, the apostasy, the falling away, is a deliberate rejection of revealed truth. So what you are seeing today is a deception coming into the church remember spirit of antichrist always operating within the church and so you are seeing a deception coming into the church drawing people away and getting them to worship a false jesus a a a, a agnostic jesus and we speak about that in the deception in the church series and i would recommend again that you go and read that uh, go and listen to that So let's look at the titles. The first title of the Antichrist is the man of sin or the man of lawlessness. Um, He is the supreme embodiment of humanity's view of God. So he is the culmination of humanism, he is the product of humanism, and he is going to be presented up as man's Christ. Uh, the embodiment of man's rebellion against God and the complete rejection of all the laws of God. And he's going to come in, the man of sin, the man of lawlessness, and he's going to try and attempt to change God's laws and God's decrees. The second title, son of perdition or son of destruction, can you imagine how frightening that is? I don't know whether he was born to destruction if being similar to a Genesis 6 uh, hybrid, uh, Nephilim, I don't know, but he is born to destruction. And there's only one other person in the Bible, and that is Judas Iscariot, that is called the son of perdition, a false apostle. And uh, it was said of him that it would have been better if he had never been born. Uh, three different names for the same being antichrist man of lawlessness son of perdition i'm going to give you a fourth name revelation 13 verse 1 nrv the dragon stood on the shore of the sea and i saw a beast coming out of the sea it had 10 horns and seven heads with 10 crowns on its horns and on each head a blasphemous name So we'll be getting into that when we look at uh, Revelation 13 later on. Fourth title, the beast. A person who's going to arise to whom Satan, the dragon, will give his power. What you're going to see taking place in this three and a half years are two streams of events from God and from Satan. Ultimately, Satan's events will be permitted by God to take place. So the wrath of God is going to be poured out and the wrath of Satan is going to be poured out in this three and a half year period. And so around these two streams of events taking place is a whole slew of things that we're going to be discussing over the next couple of weeks in sessions here, going down this column. And both of these events are going to culminate in a war Called the Battle of Armageddon. Three and a half years, I believe the Lord is going to start to prepare in heaven, and you can we we're going to be reading about that. And in the three and a half years on the planet Earth, we see that the Antichrist is going to start preparing uh, his armies to do battle against Jesus Christ. And so I feel that there are threefold battle plan for the Antichrist. One. Destroy the saints, to get the Jews out of Israel, and 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 control Jerusalem, and that's why we get this whole march on Israel coming down to the valley of coming down the valley of Megiddo, the invasion of Israel, and the battle for Israel. And number three, when Jesus appears in the heavens, to turn their um, DARPA weapons, the DARPA technology weapons. Against Jesus Christ and prevent him from coming to the planet. That's what I think the, the the devil is gonna do uh through the Antichrist, and so he's gonna give his power to Satan to try and enable this man to gain dominion over most of the human race, and this this man, together with the second beast, the false prophet. Is going to try and persuade, and will be successful in persuading most of the human race to take the mark of the beast and to worship him. And I'll talk a little bit later on about the mark of the beast. But I want to mention here that if you take the mark of the beast, you will be eternally damned. You will spend eternity in hellfire. And and and, and John MacArthur. And I'll give you the clip later on in this in in this section. Not not in this series, uh, the sermon, but in the next couple of ones he's come out and said that if you take the mark of the beast you can still be saved the bible says that is impossible it's not going to happen and so if i can put this warning into your head and 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 seal it in there whatever happens do not take the mark of the beast because the minute you take the mark of the beast you will be eternally doomed to hellfire Satan will give his power to this person, the Antichrist, who is going to come in the place of and he's going to come to oppose Jesus Christ. And he's going to turn the world to worship Satan. The one thing that Satan wants to be worshipped and to take the throne of heaven. That is his goal. He's been working for this patiently since Genesis chapter 3, giving his three promises to Eve He's been giving those three promises to all humanity, all the way down through the ages, through the Genesis 6 incursion, to the later incursions of the Nephilim, all the way down to people today. And people today are being flooded with those three promises of Satan coming from Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 to 5. And um, the Antichrist is going to be, I feel, the devil's supreme handiwork in his rebellion against God. And so we're going to be studying what that looks like over the next few sessions. So that's the the characteristic table that we're going to be looking at. The forms, many antichrists, the antichrist, the spirit of antichrist characteristics we've looked at so far. Always in association with the church, specifically look out for the world council of churches, look out for this current Pope. Uh, denies that jesus is the messiah denies the relationship between the father and the son you can actually see a physical example of what that looks like the temple mountain jerusalem at this particular time the temple of god needs to be on that mountain and it will be eventually but what is taking place now is you've got the dome of the rock on there there the, the, the Aqsa mosque now the Aqsa mosque has the spirit of antichrist coming through the, the the spirit of islam and on the dome of the rock there is a statement that says god has no sons so there's always that denial of the father and the son and number four he denies that jesus has come titles that we've looked at antichrist man of lawlessness son of perdition and the beast now let's wrap up this quickly by looking at this comparison Um, you've got two slides there. I'm not going to explain them to you. Uh, These are slides that you can go and study yourself. The two slides are two tables. The first table compares the two white horses and their riders in the book of Revelation very, very briefly, Revelation 6, as opposed to Revelation 19. Both riders and their white horses come out to conquer the first rider has three horses following it. The second rider has a whole army following him. Uh, the first, the white horse that comes at the end of the tribulation, comes out in conquest as well. But that rider brings an end to the judgments. The first rider in Revelation 6 actually brings war, death, and desolation to the planet, wrecks havoc. The second rider brings peace. Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Um, The second table is comparing the two Christs. And this again is starting to give you a picture of the characteristics of the um, Antichrist. So as you begin to learn the characteristics of the Antichrist, we're also going to have to learn that the camouflage he's going to come in. He's going to come in as the Savior of the world. He's going to come in to try and replace the Christ. So you need to know who Jesus actually is. And then you need to know the Antichrist for who he actually is. And then you'll be able to see, okay, this is what he's going to try to do. He's going to try to be the Christ. He's going to try to act the Christ. But in actual fact, behind that camouflage, this is what his characteristic really is. And this is what his goals really are. Okay, that's the introduction. The next session we're going to be dealing with will be the matthews and mark's view of the abomination of desolation thank you very much talk to you later